Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Thank you guys for tuning in for another edition of Nickish Gotcha Boys. Mo and Nafi here on this January 30th edition of the show. The Knicks killed the Cavs last night and you know Nafi and I are both in great moods because there's so much to be cheerful for for this New York Knicks. And God, man, I can't remember the last January month that the that Knicks fans could be happy for the team. Um, it's been at least three, four years, but... We're ending the month pretty much on a very high note. Last game of the month, obviously, is tomorrow against the Clippers. But, man, good good vibes all around. Um, you know, bringing in my partner right now. How you feel, man? Feeling just happy as shit, bro. Like, how can you not be? If you're a Knicks fan, after watching last night's game, 20-point win, or roughly, because, you know what I mean, who the hell cares? Because like, what matters the most is our, our first-round pick in 2019 and our second first-round pick in 2020's draft, both who are a combined age of 41, aka one is 20, the other is 21, combined for damn near 50 points last night. 41, 49 points specifically. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're quibbling there. Nine rebounds, five assists, seven made three pointers between the two of them. And I don't know, bro. I mean, that right there, like you asked me how I'm doing, that was a long way of saying, I'm doing good, bro. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. We finally, finally have a good point guard. Potentially great point guard. Emmanuel quickly is, right now, seems to be the steal of the draft. 25th pick. You know, let let me ask you this question. Who right now is leading the rookie of the year, you know, debate right now? Who right now is playing better than Emmanuel quickly as a rookie? I mean, it's not the answer you're looking for, but if quickly was, like, starting full-time from the very get-go, he probably would be leading right now. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And like if he, this keeps up. I'm not worried about it keeping up. I'm just like if if he gets started getting the requisite minutes. Cause shout out to Bootum, uh, Nick's Twitter ally. You know what I mean? Um, he had a tweet yesterday where it was just like, um, I think it was him. Where like in the last three games, quickly's played more minutes than Peyton. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's trending in the right direction. Um, so to answer your question, who's who's a rookie playing better? You might be able to say Tyrese Halliburton, but offensively, like, quickly is just, like, on another level. You know what I mean? I think that's that's the biggest thing. The Knicks are winning, and the Kings are not winning. So, right now, I'd say say quickly is doing better than Halliburton. Uh, No disrespect to to Tyrese. But um, the IQ has scored 23-plus points in three straight games, and we were talking about this before we started recording. The last Knicks rookie to ever do that was Pat Ewing. Uh, you know, franchise player, Pat Ewing, icon, the legend, Pat Ewing. Uh, obviously, not to put quickly in those shoes, but that's history right there. And, you know, you mentioned the stats earlier. This kid, if if, if he's not anything, he's fearless. And mm. he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't look intimidating, but, like, this kid is absolutely fearless. And how much guts does it take to be – I think that was his second um, three-point foul that he got with the and one, and he started swimming – on the yeah. floor against the Cavs. That's <laughs> embarrassing for the Cavs. You know how much guts it takes for a rookie who just who was just drafted 25th to do that to a team right now this early in the season? I loved it. And, bro, if, if, if there was no pandemic and the crowd was in, every night would be double electric than normal. It's, it's insane. I love it. Like, this feeling, I haven't had it since KP's rookie season. And that was another kind of... <laughs> And, I was just you know, say it's funny you mentioned KP. We'll get to that, but yeah, yeah. we'll, not, we'll not get to that. But you know, just in similarity, <laughs> there wasn't as much high expectations for a player coming in in his rookie season, and IQ is exactly. doing exactly that. And exactly. Um, you know, our other rookie, Obi Toppin, who was the first, who was the first pick uh, or ninth pick or eighth pick, whatever. Um, he's playing well himself. You know, no disrespect to him, but man, uh, Emmanuel quickly once he starts, because you know, we'll get into the game in a little bit. His he has another level that he could tap into, but this man is a yeah, scorer. He's, he's only gonna get better, bro. He's only yeah. gonna get better. Like I saw somebody tweet last night, just like this is the worst he's ever gonna be in his career because he's a rookie. Knock on wood. You know what I mean? He's only gonna get better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like knock on wood. But like typically, when a rookie comes on the scene looking like this, it it means good things for their future and like health permitting, 
to your fucking point, bro. He's only going to get better. And, like, looking at him now, what are his weaknesses? Like, he's not exceptional at breaking down the defense again into the teeth of the D. He's, his finishing still needs work, but aside from that, like, excellent foul draw, drawer, drawer, whatever dryer. the fuck. Greater drawing fouls. <laughs> dryer. Shit. I mean, he be he put the fucking Cavs guards in a spin cycle last night. So. Ah, ah, okay. Play. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just about to say he outplayed both of them. You know what I mean? And they're both lotto picks. One like that was what drafted top ten. Gar- Garland. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Sexton, who's no no disrespect to him, he's having an All Star campaign before uh, last night's game. Then he ran to our defense. Span with six of 33 percent from the field, but. To the point I was trying to make with quickly, but like he's great at drawing fouls. He's he can actually like run the offense. Exceptional shooter. And the point you brought up Porzingis' name, like what's rare about quickly to me, and we haven't had this since Porzingis. And then going back to Melo, is the presence he brings on the court. He'll stand like a couple inches or not even a couple feet behind the three point line. The defense has to respect him there. Mm-hmm. That literally tilts the whole offensive floor for literally everybody else. You know what I mean? Because yep. that's one defender out of the way for everybody else. Like, the only people in our franchise history that we could do that recently, literally KP, because he's big as shit and he could shoot from beyond. You know what I mean? Back then, at least. I don't know this this KP that's for I don't know this guy is, yeah. I don't recognize him. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and then Melo. And then, yo, like, anytime Melo stepped on the court, like, the whole defense was having panic attacks. IQ's about to get there, bro. And he's already there because you saw the game last night. Bro, he was, like, he was pissing off the Cavs, first of all. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And that was enjoyable to me, personally. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and... What's even crazier? I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll throw it back to you because I, I could just keep going on and on. Because that game last night was just delicious, bro. Delicious. So many good things to take away from him. But like, quickly is the main one. You know? I don't think anybody was expecting his <clears throat> his prowess of scoring. I think everyone knew coming in that he was an excellent shooter, and that was really it. Like our free throw line, he's ninety two percent in college. Um, he'll be able to have solid plays, and that's kind of what we were expecting. Maybe like a six or seven point per game kind of player who dishes a couple assists and is 90 plus percent from the free throw line. This guy is our third best scorer right now uh, with, with RJ and Randall at the top. And, you know, it could, the argument could be made that, you know, very soon he might be our third most, uh, I think it'd be too early to say this, but like, I don't want to say he's our third most important player because I think Mitch is still the third most important player, no doubt, because defense is there. And the team overall has been playing excellent defense and it, it it starts off with Mitch, but IQ easily top four right now. The fact that we have easily, easily, we have a solid shooting guard slash small forward, a very good power forward and Randall All Star, a center, and now a point guard on the team. This the team has been assembled in the last two three seasons, and I got to give love to Scott Perry, man. And a lot Go of ahead. people wrote Go him ahead. off last season. They're like, get this man off the team. He doesn't belong here. He's just the GM. Like, you know, Leon Rose is taking the helm. But right now, the team that's been built was built with Scott Perry. And with it all moves, starts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. That trade. Like, the trade that got us quickly was Marcus Morris. You know what I mean? Without that extra first, we don't get uh, quickly. Simple as that. You know what and mean? take a step back before that. It starts off with KP's trade. And mm. he was the one who wanted to keep KP. He tried. It didn't work. They traded him. Let's let's start with the KP trade because I know you have some KP stuff to talk about too, and we'll we'll, we'll oh, we're intertwine here already. That. I wanted to kind of um, big up the the Cavs post uh, you know performances, but okay, yeah. All right. So let's just do let's, it. let's let's go let's go <laughs> down history. Just, let's go down history a little bit, right? KP gets traded. Um, the Knicks try to get multiple different picks. They try to get De'Aaron Fox. They try to get Donovan Mitchell. Didn't work out. They went, they went with Dennis Smith Jr., which at the time was solid, and they got rid of Tim Hardaway Jr. and Trey Burke. And this is all from memory, by the way. Um, so I might get a couple wrong here and there. But what they were able to do was they got a young point guard and a ton of cap space. What happened with the cap space? They got Marcus Morris. Before they got Marcus Morris, he signed to the Spurs, and Scott Perry slash some other guy in the in the past were able to convince Marcus Morris to not sign with the Spurs, who was a winning team, come to the Knicks off that was a Scott smaller Perry. contract. That other guy was Steve Mills. Like, I want to reject and say Steve Mills is not getting credit. Because Steve <laughs> Mills was in this other organization <laughs> for, like, a decade. We never had any connections to agents. You know what I mean? That's what we complained about. So the few that we did when Scott Perry came on board, it's obviously Scott Perry. Just want to throw right. that in there. Because Steve Mills, you're not getting credit for this. No, sir. He's, he's <laughs> just that other guy. Exactly. Um, and then we flip Marcus Morris for a first-round pick off an expiring mm. contract. We got him for free. We got that first-round pick for free. That first-round pick... We had a couple of chances to make some trades during the during the lot or during the NBA draft. Try to get go for Maxi, didn't work out. That's fine. They did a double trade, 
and that pick turned out to become Emmanuel quickly, who right now is averaging more points than KP on a per 36-minute basis. Kids on his, like, 10th Oof. game right now, or 12th game or whatever, um, or 17-18. Um, and then we oh, have we goodness. still have the 2021 pick uh, of the Mavs, mm. unprotected. And the Mavs right now, if you did, like, a draft simulator, simulator they're a lottery pick. Um, they lost, like, four in a row, and KP is not the KP of New York. That's the, the kid that's playing right now is clear. some other guy. I don't know who the fuck that is. is clear. What I was telling you before we even start recording was I showed you the tweet from a Mavs uh, blogger slash writer. It was all the ca- all the tweet said was this is embarrassing. Yeah. And below that was a video clip. <laughs> and I kid you not, brought back flashbacks to another tall European player we had before Porzingis even donned the Knicks uniform. I'm talking about the infamous Andrea Bargnani. You know what I mean? The legend. Um, who's who's <laughs> like uh, defensive model was like play defense for what? For who? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> So Porzingis is in that same air now because what like this missed dunk he had it's in slow mo but you could literally see it was a bad idea as soon as he like planted his foot to jump because mm-hmm. he I don't know what happened it, the monsters from the Looney Tunes just took his talent you know what I mean like because he yeah he don't have that bounce that special fluid fluid athleticism that was like made him crazy made him a unicorn at seven three. He just straight up just embarrassingly embarrassingly missed this dunk. Rudy Gobert literally was about to contest, and he's like, you know what? Mm-mm. <laughs> I'll let you have it, sir. Because Rudy Gobert's like, he's going to make this. Oh, no, he didn't? Wow. <laughs> like, I'm doing the thought process right here, and I'm like, I'm just, we want to talk about the Brazilian trade. We're here now, bro. Like, it's you just ran down. Like, you did it all off memory. That shit burned in my memory as well, bro, because I'm pretty sure you got all the details right. Um, yeah. And I didn't even mention then, Randall, who we who we was able to get off cap space too. Who right now is making four million. You sent me a tweet. What was that tweet? It was Tommy Beer saying in guaranteed money moving forward, Porzingis one hundred two million, Randall four million. But Randall, <laughs> that was the exact guy I was going to go to right now. The main component of that trade that I feel like is going to get underlooked. We replaced a, a string bean injury prone, um, uh, fucking malcontent uh, power forward with. A grown man's power forward, basically, this season. You know what I mean? Like, Randall, like, he's, like, shout out to Jeffrey uh, Jeff Campbell. He uh, showed up on a show on Nickish at Night. We asked him flat out who he's taking right now, or KP or Randall. It's Randall, and I'm, like, right there with him right now. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. what he's doing right now, his number is 22 points per game on a 57% true shooting percentage. 11 rebounds a game, 6 assists. You know what I mean? Porzingis, 19 points per game. This is before last night's uh, fiasco, but... Porzingis is averaging 19 points per game, 54% true shooting percentage. Less rebounds, less assists. Okay, he's getting more blocks. Who cares? We got Mitch for that. You know what I mean? Like, and Randall, Randall's become a defensive leader, surprisingly. He's playing very facts. well defensively. And Bro, he, I, last night's game, too. Yo, he had a block last night because he, he had this bad, like, really bad turnover in transition because, like, he tried to do a no look and he just, like, ended up mm-hmm. hitting RJ in the head because RJ <laughs> was not expecting him to pass it on the fast yeah. break. And then right afterwards, uh, what was it, Seti, Seti, Seti Osman, whatever the fuck, the Turkish Chetty. kid, he gra- grabbed the ball, ran the other way, Randall blocked the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Like, it was demoralizing. And shout out to, to Chetty, because we bullied him in the third quarter. It was on, like, five consecutive possessions. He was just like, the Randall block, right after that, IQ got him on one of his patented fouls. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, RJ got <laughs> got him with another foul call, like, just, like, driving to the rim. And then She's I think he tried to go... F- Yo, and he th- I think he tried to go for a layup, and he got that shit blocked, too, right after on the <laughs> possession. I don't know what. <laughs> I think because he went off against us last game, yeah. and in film, like, probably Thibodeau was like, you let this kid, this guy? <laughs> I don't know, bro. It's just good vibes all around with that win. But back to Porzingis, because I'm not done. And check uh, out the tweet that I sent him. you. Uh, let me see. Let me see. I'm not done burying Porzingis. So let me just say. It's a whole tree. Still, uh, and shout out to, I think, I think it was Benchwarmers <laughs> on Twitter. They created oh, this whole tree that clearly breaks out everything that happened since Porzingis got traded. It breaks out all the picks, the players that the Knicks got, what happened to them, and you know where they are right now. And yeah, I'm I'm at the stage right now where I we're happy right now, but I'm not gonna since we're Knicks fans, it's PTSD. I'm not oh, gonna say sure. we won the trade yet, just for like don't want to jinx us. But looking at right now, the two main players that we got from that trade right now are Randall and IQ, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Like from from what I could tell. And we have two future first round picks coming our way. That's that's beautiful. And imagine we flip Dennis for like a second round pick at the trade deadline. <laughs> and we <laughs> got a Detroit like... second rounder too. Mm. This season. Mm. They're not playing so hot. Yeah. Beautiful trade. I mean, so far, like if Porzingis 
I'll give him a chance to turn it around, but oh, I got to give a shout out. Yeah, I, go I don't know if I was done talking about Scott Perry. I think I started and then suddenly this became about KP. Um, let me just add this in real quick. So shout out to Scott no, go Perry ahead, for signing in Randall on that deal that he got on expiring contract. All those players that they signed at one-year deals that they're all off the team now. And, um, you know, just being being keeping the team flexible enough to be able to have the team that they have today. Finding Mitchell Robinson was a steal of the draft that season. IQ looks like the steal of the draft this season. The Knicks are drafting hella smart. And now they got Walt Perrin, who is a genius when it comes to drafting players. So, fuck, dude. Scott Perry, shout out. Keep the man on the team. He's done a great job. Extend him. Keep him there. Let him keep doing what he's doing. Back to you. You're muted. Good call, bro. But Mitch was definitely his brainchild. Like, that draft. Like, you made a point about how, like, Obi's not there yet, but IQ's more than making up for it in terms of, like, what we're getting from the current draft. Just Let's just consider, like, IQ our lottery pick, Obi the late first rounder. You know what I mean? Just, like, I'm going to consider that in the 2018 draft, Mitch was our lotto pick, Knox was uh, our project second round mm. pick. You know what I mean? So, um, Scott Perry, like, he brought us Mitch and RJ before this front office came in, and then we just got IQ in this draft. And I told you last night, we literally got Mitch, RJ, and IQ in consecutive drafts, bro. That kind of thing does not happen to the Knicks. That it really does not. And I'm just, I just want to sit here and just kind of admire that for a second, because that's a good feeling to have. We have like a young core now, I think. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I would. it's safe to say. You, would you say so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, easily, easily. And and then we have the vet, Randall, who's not even that much of a vet. He's like fucking 26. Exactly. And I mean, the thing about Mitch is his uh. It seems like, did you see that tweet kind of like mini controversy that happened? Yeah. He's just like, it was something like he deleted it. He's like, the tweet was like, what? Like, do you remember what it was? Or I think um, something about him wanting to be more involved on the offense. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and then he said like afterwards yesterday, I was like, oh, that wasn't about ball. It was just about like personal life. So I don't know what's up with Mitch. You know, there was those maturity concerns we discussed in an earlier episode a few months back, I think. So let's see. I mean, let's see moving forward. Maybe the franchise doesn't really see him as part of the core, but if he is, Mitch, Randall, RJ, IQ, bro, you can't, can't really make an argument against that like group. Mm-hmm. I can't be mad at it. You know what I mean? Like, all we need really right there is, I don't know, maybe a prominent shooting guard that might be available. There seems to be a couple available, you know, thrown around trade rumors. But, well, I think we'll get the trade rumors later. But um, did you want to kind of go back to the Cavs game? Because I did uh, want to give a shout-out to a couple of uh, did you, other good notes from that game. He had more on KP. I, don't, I didn't know if you were done with KP. Oh, yeah, shit. There's so many mixed emotions right now. Like, no, the emotions that are mixing right now is joy about the KP trade, how it's looking for us, and joy about last night's game. (laughs) It's all coming together. But shout out to Phil Jackson. I may have said that prior, but Mm. he wanted to trade Przingis at peak value, and he literally got canned for it. He got fired for it. And with the passage of time, the man is looking more and more right. Because imagine we did trade KP exactly when Phil wanted to, like a year prior. We would have gotten way more firm. You know what I mean? We probably would have had a whole different core. Things would have shifted entirely for our franchise. Who knows? You know what I mean? But we're here now, and I just want to give a shout-out to the old man. He's stealing money from Dolan right now, probably, I don't know, doing all sorts of copious amounts of drugs in Montana, whatever, wherever he's at. But I got to give him some respect for that. You know what I mean? You hated him more than anybody I've ever probably encountered. Mm. So, like, I want you to acknowledge this man. This man's <laughs> I want you stroke to. of brilliance. <laughs> <laughs> Acknowledge this man right now. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I, I mentioned it before. We probably could have gotten Devin Booker and, like, another first-round pick for KP uh, back Which when Phil wild. wanted to. So, yeah, in that sense, he was correct. His approach, however, was not correct. And alienating Melo at the time that he alienated Melo. Alienating Melo right. ever was not All correct. Right, we're not, not going to get into a whole Phil conversation. You're right. Sure. I just wanted you to say this little-known little man named Phil Jackson. I just want you to give him some credit. He doesn't get enough credit in the basketball world. You know, this Phil His Jackson take person. on KP's future was correct, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And his, funny, what he I, I wanted watched. to do probably would have been the best approach. But right yeah. now, we still don't know. We This could end up being a, the a, the best approach as well. That's I mean, no, true. obviously, yeah, I, mean, actually, yeah. I don't know. Devin Booker is Devin Booker. But he was also trying to get Dragan Bender from Phoenix for, for a hot second there with Josh Jackson. I mean, that plus Devin Booker, I mean, I wouldn't be mad. You know what I mean? Because at that time, Devin Booker was not what he is right now reputation-wise. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was just like, oh, he's an interesting Kentucky scoring guard. But yeah, I just want to briefly give him give him a shout out. Just kind of playing around there. But um, I don't know, bro. That that trade is looking crazy. Just the very fact that um, that we were so distraught. We traded a, 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 what we thought was a franchise cornerstone, and like 
it feels like the whole fan base as a whole has done a 180, you know what I mean? Just in terms of, like, mood and, like, thoughts around that trade. And I got to give some shout-outs to, not, not not specifically, but just folks back then, even Knicks fans that were prom- prominent online and just, like, within the community were just originally, from the very get-go, they were happy with the trade. You know what I mean? Not even just about cap space or about getting KD or Kyrie, but just, like, the idea of, like, being reluctant to commit to KP. So I want to give shout-outs to our Knicks fan brethren that believe that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because back then, I was uh, we would have violently argued over Porzingis. That's a fact. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we did have an episode on it. We were recording that, and we had a reaction episode. I don't know if you to remember. Like, it's been a long to- time. But we had no, our, I mean, violent, no, we would have violently reacted to the idea of like KP not being part of our core. I'm talking about way before even the trade happened. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Like, like we would have just argued with anybody because mm-hmm. Porzingis is like untouchable, Mister Untouchable. You know what I mean? The yeah. unicorn. But now it's just like I don't, I want to touch him with a ten foot pole, basically, bro. Because mm-hmm. you know the the reasons are have been listed many times. But yeah, I mean, if you got a few more thoughts on KP, I'm glad to hear it. We could keep this going for a hundred, a hundred and two <laughs> million dollars for I think. Three more seasons is <clears throat> fucking blasphemous at this point, especially with the way he's playing. Is he going to get better? Who knows? Uh, you're also still muted. Um, Am I? <laughs> you said something, and it, it, I didn't hear it. Um, oh, no, I just mouthed something. Oh, okay. Um, this guy. <laughs> I, wanna do, I also want to give a quick F you to Max Kellerman because a video resurfaced from December, the Christmas day. He and Stephen A. had uh, Mark Cuban on the show, and he's mm-hmm. like, uh, he's like, Mark, I think you still owe an apology to New York for how you stole Kristaps Porzingis and gave them nothing back. It was a, it was a highway robbery play. Uh, you owe these fans an apology. He was like, obviously jokingly saying it, but this was, this was less than a month ago, or just about a month ago, when this video, when this interview happened live on first take. So a quick F you, Max Kellerman, for still being on that stupid side of things and just being a, a Nick hater. I completely forgot about Max Kellerman. I just like went went on Twitter to see if he actually exists. He hasn't mm-hmm. tweeted since the twenty eighth of January in two days. He has not. There's no acknowledgement of KP or the Knicks on his timeline. Coward, coward is what he is. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, let's uh, let's save part two of the uh, shitting on Porzingis hour for later. I want to kind of go back to the Cavs game because. Truth be told, before IQ erupted in that fourth quarter, I think it was like in total 17 points in the fourth quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it, the story of the game was RJ, bro, like easily. just um, He was having put together another really just great game, bro. Like the efficiency that he's kind of tapped into recently, we were just thinking it's just going to be like a good couple game stretch, kind of uh, chalk it up to his streakiness. And it could be, but what it's happened recently, just um, in the last, was it, eight or so games, it's been... He's just looking like that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when I say by that guy, it may seem like kind of a, just a broad term, but like fans know when you when you're a fan of a basketball team, that guy is the one that you think could take over, can be that the face of your franchise. And I'm he's he's 20 years old, and I'm just glad he's hopefully going to be here for the next decade plus, bro. Because he was the story of the game last night. But before obviously before IQ, you know what I mean? Thoughts on RJ? 24 points on 19 shots. 8 of 19, what was he, four, a 2 of 5 from a 3, but I think they're both corner threes, and obviously free throws are still going in, uh, 40 minutes. Um, dude, R- R.J. Barrett, in the last three or four games, since that since that one game a couple of, you know, about a week or so ago when he was missing so much from the three-point line, they just shifted around his game, and he's like, you know, he's saying F you to all the doubters and all the critics. And there were a lot of Knicks <laughs> critics online who were like, you know, what's going on with R.J., something wrong with him. And then he yeah. just adjusted his game, and now he's, you know, readjusted nice, scoring 24 points, 20, 20 points on the regular. And, um, mm. shit, Beautiful. he's he's younger than IQ. <laughs> he needs more touches, but, yeah, that's also crazy. He's younger than both IQ. He's younger than both our rookies. That's fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> the veteran mentor. But um, he was a team high plus 27 in terms yes. of plus minus yesterday. Beautiful thing. Beautiful. And 8 of 19 from the field, but... You know, I can't really quibble too much with it because, like, if you watch the game, like, not even looking at the stat sheet, he was in control. He was straight up bullying um, whoever the Cavs got on him because he realized right away off rip they didn't have nobody to check him. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been a Coro, but, you know, Coro is, is just a rookie. You know what I mean? Like, right. he there was a possession yesterday where RJ just, like, similar to that play where he kind of bullied Oladipo to the rim, mm-hmm. like, in that Indiana game. Mm-hmm. 
it, it just it just switch out Oladipo for Darius Garland. It was he big boyed that 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 little guy yesterday, and it was yeah. beautiful to see. You know what I mean? And um, another thing is out. that I know it was, a, it was an early concern of ours, or at least for me, um, if Randall's not playing well for his he or if he's not scoring, I would say that the Knicks would would be losing often and. This time, it looks like we have players who are capable of taking on some of the scoring burden, and IQ is doing that, and RJ is doing that, and Thanks. we're only going to see IQ gain more and more shots up uh, this game. He, he put up 17 shots. That's the second most from the entire team. RJ got hmm. 19 shots up, quickly got 17 shots up, and then Randall put up 13. He was 7 to 13. He was still efficient. He just wasn't scoring as much for some reason, but his you know you can feel his presence all over the game, uh, Randall, that is. Um, but he doesn't at this point. He doesn't have to score over twenty points for the Knicks to play well. You know, they score over a hundred. Um, Thing is, though, even with Randall, like his his scoring number wasn't there, but the efficiency was crazy, seven to thirteen, yep. which isn't crazy, but like that's solid. And the thing about it is, though, even though he wasn't scoring and he was letting the scoring really go to RJ and then IQ in the fourth, he was still in control of the game for he sure. Was like he was handling that game. Low key was an understated kind of dominance, and what I mean by that is like. He was controlling the tempo. He was getting guys open. He was bracket, He was like making passes to get the assists. He was making the hockey assists. He was settling the team, and he was like chipping in with with scoring when he needed to. There was a point Box. where, I went on the stream, I don't know which stream you had. I had the Cavs stream, and they were literally like dead scared of like Randall heating up. You know what I mean? They were just like, "Yo, we can handle it if Randall doesn't heat up." And the thing is, though, they acknowledged later in the game, like we did, they didn't. He didn't. He heated up in a different way. You know what I mean? He yeah. He kind of just played the facilitator role to just what was happening. And that's a sign of, like, maturity because he was leading in other ways. And he's, like, I think Tibbs said it right away before before we even played a game this season. Randall is going to be the engine of our offense, and he's doing it. And it shows he doesn't need to score to do it. So exactly. that man's an all-star. Give him his money, bro, because I think he gets, like, a 950 k bonus if he yep. just makes the all-star team. Yo, let's get our big dog paid, bro. Don't like, we got to, you know what I mean? Just th- like, give him the extension over the summer, too. I'm think I'm, re- I'm ready to be there now. I think if we trade Randall, I'll be kind of disappointed. Unless it's for a super-duper star. I don't want to go after Bradley Beal because we throw together a package for Bradley Beal, and who, who do we have left aside from Beal? How are we not the Wizards? You know what I mean? Exactly. I think, yeah, that, that's I mean? exactly my take on it. Uh, I want to go to the other side of, of Randall's game because defensively he was a leader on the floor, too, and Fact. they held the Cavs at 81 points, and I think – I either read it somewhere or I heard it somewhere. I think this is the fourth time this season that the Knicks have held a team below 90 points. And in the NBA in 2021, holding a team below 90 points, let alone 100 points, but Mm. 90 points is insane. They almost kept them within 80 points. And this is a team that scored like 140, 150 against the Nets just a week ago. And like the defense of this team isn't just Mitch. It's everywhere, top to bottom. Every guy's playing hard-nosed defense, and obviously that starts with coaching. But, you know, Randall has been playing a pretty pivotal role on defense as a leader. And, man, this is this this might be the – this could, you know, knock on wood every time. Everything comes with a caveat as a Knicks fan. We and on so the Knicks. PCSD. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to like, 100% say this, but this could be the best team that we've seen since that 2013 season. That might not even be a stretch because look at that stretch of mediocrity we've had since that season, but – to your point about the defense and to your point about it, it's not just Mitch. We said he was the backbone, but last night's game showed that our backbone can can be, you know, we don't need our backbone necessarily to put on a dominant defensive performance because leading up to the game, Colin Sexton was just getting that buzz, that all-star buzz, because, like, rightfully so, mm. he was heating up and he was looking like, looking like he was proving all his doubters wrong. And I was actually one of his doubters. I didn't want him in that draft. Definitely wrong on him. He looks like an all-star guard, except last night. Because our defense was, the Cavs' offense could not get anything going. Like, Andre Drummond didn't have his, like, you know, trademark, like, bully game against uh, Mitch. You know what I mean? Um, in fact, the team, honestly, the Cavs looked better when Jared Allen was on the court, at least to me. Like, I think it, Mitch. It looked like everything flowed better better with them. Mitch started off the game with two blocks on Drummond, right? I think so. But then Mitch just kind of was just in bad foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Pitt. Shit, I don't see where the fouls are. Where's the box score? But yeah, regardless, like uh, uh, that's why you see Noel had a bit more minutes than usual last night. And shout out to Noel as well. His plus minus was second. Let's see. I think yeah, plus twenty four. And like when you watch the game, that's exactly what it looked like too. He was fighting out there. He got his rebounds. 
he was getting like deflections. He had a block. You know what I mean? Um, he also had a really bad turnover where it's like he realized like we. I think it was like a hustle play where Randall kind of like saved the ball, like stripped the ball, and then threw it towards Noel, which was that was a no no right away, and like no man just bobbled it out of bounds. <laughs> That is the most confounding thing in the world, bro. How <laughs> I don't know what the hell. What could Kenny Payne do about his hands? <laughs> Why does Noel go up for every alley with one hand? That I don't get either. Because he misses half of them. Yo, he definitely thinks he's like an all-star. And he's just like, where, you know what I mean? He, just, he doesn't acknowledge that the fact that he has like, I don't know, cardboard for hands. Because <laughs> doesn't explain anything otherwise. He has all the makings of an elite rim runner, except for the most important part, the ability to catch... The spherical <laughs> object. <laughs> but, uh, yo, good vibes all around with that game, bro. Um, Alfred Payne, even his presence didn't piss me off last night. You know? He was a detriment, but the detriment wasn't enough to, you know, overpower the positives in the yeah. game that gave us the win. You know now, what I mean? That's the thing, right? I'm trying to figure out what direction they should go. Because I think IQ has to start. Because we can't keep starting off games that, like... We can't start off the games behind. The The Knicks were behind in the first quarter, and that just starts off just lazy offense or just not good offense. And we need a, we need a player to push the ball as much as, you know, as much as quickly does. I'm thinking, you know, maybe we don't have to go for a star point guard who can do it, but I'm trying – I, I can't wrap my head around a player who can do it from the bench. Um, maybe you could, you could help think of one, but off the top of my head, I can't think of another point guard that isn't – good enough to be a starter but can be it off the bench who can push the ball and occasionally shoot so on IQ roster, could start. i don't think we have that no guy. not on the roster but a player we can trade for i mean the rumor was obviously the name that's been thrown out recently rose. is obviously derrick rose um, he'd be a starter thing is i don't even think he excuse me he necessarily has to be because especially since his minnesota kind of uh, resurrection he's been committed to being that veteran six-man role. I think he was pretty vocal. Like, credit to him, he was pretty vocal in the offseason about being a mentor to Killian Hayes. You know what I mean? So I think he's ready for that stage of his career. And I've got mixed feelings on Rose. We, like, we've had kind of discussions about him way back because he was on our team. You know, mm-hmm. this would be a second go-around with the Knicks. To me personally, court-wise, I strictly think, like, to what he did on the court, it wasn't enjoyable for me because he was clearly washed. He didn't have a jumper. He was missing easy reads on offense to the point where, like, it was frustrating even mellow at certain points. He was god-awful on pick-and-roll defense, but he had some nice layups. So a lot of, like, uh, uh, casual fans would just say, yeah, Rose made a comeback that season with the Knicks. The whole situation was actually too bad for Rose to succeed. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mm-hmm. mean? But as, that's, that's, how, that's bringing up an old argument. But it, as far as our needs now, I think the easiest solution is just on our roster. Just fucking start Frank. Like, is that, like, it might be radical, especially with the way quickly went off, but I think Frank won't be as big as a detriment because let's let's believe his shooting is, not, if not it scorching hot, let's believe it's decent, you know what I mean, if he comes back. It's at least, like, good now because I think he was shooting well before he got hurt. And if he could just be, like, just an oversized Patrick Beverly for us without the ferociousness and just, like, full-time, just make Randall and, and RJ our point forwards, you know what I mean? Fuck it because... My point was with RJ would be he needs more touches, and what better way to do that than just like give him a split of the ball, like uh, you know the playmaking duties in the starting lineup. You know, I think Randall and RJ, especially, initiate the offense enough to the point where what is Peyton here for? You know what I mean? He doesn't have a jumper. His defense is definitely not crucial because he only plays like 22 minutes a game, and our defense overall looks good throughout the game. Frank could give you that defense. I'm thinking, yo, bro, just like, just let's just fucking sit Peyton on the bench. You know what I mean? And if we want to pursue a Rose trade, that could work. But let's get him out the rotation. Or if anything, start Rivers. Boom. There you go. Because Rivers can be that little bit of a point guard just to, like, bring the ball up and get us into our sets. Because we play slow-paced anyway. Right. You know what I mean? There's so many options right now. And I just feel like, well, let's just, let's just be done with the Peyton thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm almost there. Or I'm all pretty much there. Um, I'm thinking, what if what if we swapped out Alfred Payne? Alfred Payton and Alec Burks and bring up IQ and Knox. Put Knox in on the mm-hmm. three, RJ at the two, and then IQ at the one. That's going to be a nice, fast-paced game. Knox obviously hasn't been playing as well as he did a couple of games before, but it was a concern for Knox if he's going to play well without a point guard like IQ playing alongside him. And then you'll have Alfred Payton, Alec Burks, who hasn't been playing as well as he did prior to his injury. And, and then you have... This is also assuming that Frank doesn't come back from his injury for now. You have Payton, Burks... And then Toppin and Noel and Austin Rivers. 
you know, you have two shooters or kind of scorers in Alec Burks and and Austin Rivers. You got Toppin manning the four. I think it's a fairly solid lineup, and then Alfred Payne doesn't have to be a detriment. And the Knicks don't always have to start off the games, you know, behind yeah. the first six I mean, or seven minutes. I think I'm kind of hesitant on the Knox starting part, or even just I was just about to say just give him because I'm looking at his box score, box score in the last couple of games and just looking and just re- remembering what he looked like last night. He only played eight minutes and he. He and just put looked up a out shot of up. sorts. He didn't put a shot, like shot up, and he just like seemed like he was just there, like floating. And like mm-hmm. Tibbs probably realized it as well and just yanked him, you know. So I think, I think it might be, it might even be good for Knox to just like maybe take a couple of games off out of the rotation. You know what I mean? Because Bullock is supposed to come back. Oh, I think yeah. we need, oh, we miss Bullock's defense because I think do definitely think he's a positive contributor. <laughs> I think the way with IQ's playing with Burke's back, there's less pressure on Bullock to be the shooter in the lineup. He could be one of three shooters now. You know what I mean? And with Rivers, he looks like he's heating back up because he had a decent game last night, too. I'm thinking simply Star Rivers and Bullock when he gets back because I kind of don't want to have Burks and Rivers in the lineup because, let's be honest, they're both like chuckers. Burks especially. I think he was just always a chucker and, like, he started off hot. But then when he's not hot, he just looks like a dickhead. <laughs> he just literally <laughs> looks like a dickhead. He's just, like, breaking off the offense to, like, do his Kobe impression. I was like, yo, Stop. <laughs> Please, let him just pass it Alec, up, Burks. Please, <laughs> <laughs> basically, but he's he's not a bad player. It's just like defensively, he's not also as good as Bullock. I realize that too. He just doesn't have the same. I think Bullock plays defense mad hard because he knows he needs to to get minutes. Burks, he's kind of like, you know, I can handle the ball. I can shoot a little bit better than uh, Bullock. I don't need to try on defense because he definitely did, like, did not look like he was trying last night. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think the simple solution is put Rivers, Bullock in the starting lineup. IQ, Burks, Frank, Obi, and Noel as our bench unit. Let Knox kind of simmer for a bit because I think, Where's I don't know, maybe would that Peyton glued to the bench. Like, this is my scenario. I'm just like, yo, we don't need to make a trade. We could just wave that bum. And just move on. You know what I mean? And then just, like, full, make Justin Harper full-time. Let him be the emergency point guard. Because, mm. like, look at the roster. Like, Jared remember Harper. how I said, yo, yeah, what did I say? Justin you said Harper. Justin. <laughs> Who is Justin Harper? Oh, we did actually have a Justin Harper year. We did? Back. Shout out, yeah, shout out to Phil Jackson. He signed him to, like, a G League contract, I think. He was a stretch power forward. Mm-hmm. I think he's in Japan now. 2011 draft. These are the useless facts of information you, <laughs> you retain as a basketball <laughs> fan. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I mean, just get fucking Peyton out here, sign uh, Jared Harper, and um, because I'm like, remember how I said prior to the season, like the Randall, the roster makes sense when you take Randall out. The roster makes a lot more sense when you take Alfred Payton out the equation right now. Yeah. Because then our two best playmakers, our two big scorers, the guys that run our offense, Randall and RJ, everybody else in the lineup complements them. You know, Peyton doesn't complement those guys. He's redundant. He overlaps. He does everything those guys do except worse. You know what I mean? Much worse without the jumper or any threat of a jumper. So that's my simple solution to everything. We don't need to trade. Just trade in uh, Alfred Payton's like, starting uniform for some sweats. You know? mm. Yeah, I think Frank would make a bit more sense than Austin Rivers as a starter just because Rivers isn't good with dishing out the ball as much. He's good at handling the ball and scoring, but he's yeah. not he's not a guy who's going to move the ball around. But when you have Randall, you don't necessarily need that. So that's, that's, the, that's one of the benefits of having Randall as – as a team's engine, so I do, yeah. And to throw that, like, to like add to that point, like Rivers has experience, kind of being like the fourth or fifth starter next to like ball dominant guy, so he knows how to true. play that role. Very you true. Know, he was on the Clippers with you know Blake and CP3, and just 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 now he was with the Rockets for like two three years. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So he knows how to be like Good that. Point. He knows how to be three and D point guard. So I think that'll be an easy adjustment. You know, and maybe that's what the shit. I don't know. We actually maybe have a front office that actually actually thinks proactively. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what they envision when they sign Rivers. You know what I mean? RJ and, uh, you know, Randall are playmakers if it all goes well. So we got, like, guards, little combo guards that can score and get off and always be complimentary to those guys. That's a vision that I, I'm down with. Hmm. And, like, you're seeing it in action, bro. Like, we, we actually have a competent front office. They actually meet and talk about their players. They actually, like, you know what I mean? think like, and they, sit down. They actually believe in, like, getting a coach and then – Finding players that complement the system, and then making sure our, our players like fit together. What you know coach what I mean? like, actually like watches film and tells them what to do and what not to do and how to fix yeah. their games? He actually sets realistic <laughs> expectations for his players. He actually like literally like you know with a young team puts in a system as as opposed to like fucking 
making them freestyle because that's what our offense was for all those years with for Fisdale. Real. Like <laughs> freestyle. what the fuck? Like dead ass. He thought he was rolling out the ball for like the Team USA because like they wasn't running any plays. It was just like pick and roll and just like let the whoever has the ball do whatever the fuck they think they want to do. That's why Moody dominated the ball. That's why Randall. We all wanted. We all hated his guts last year. You know what I mean? Because Fisdale just say, hey. Big man, just get to the rim. And Randall, he's like, oh, so this is coaching? Okay. Because he doesn't know what a good coach is. You know what I mean? Poor Randall. And now, now suddenly he's with a good coach and boom, all-star season. So, yep. I don't know, bro. All our players have been victims of bad coaching. Um, I The the one thing with Tibbs was I wish he pulled the starters out a little early. Um I think they they were yeah. up. They they won the game by like 20-plus points. And I, I, don't even, I don't even know when he pulled the starters out if he ever did that. Um, I think I don't even think def- Randall and RJ definitely finished the game on the court yeah. when when the clock was ticking down. Which yeah, if you're gonna, that's definitely like kind of some something to watch. It's kind of something to nitpick, but I don't know. I mean, they did have like a couple of days off, no, since their last game. Or Three tripping. games, yeah. They just came back from the, but they did just come back from a West Coast trip where that, oh yeah, you yeah. Know, that puts a toll on some players. But and then our, that's just are we going at the Clippers game? Is that a home game? The Clippers game that should be uh, that should be a home game. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna fly back to LA. <laughs> Got you. That'd That's be good. stupid. I'd but, be tight if they had to do that. Facts. Like, fuck Adam Silver. Like, what the hell? We're your biggest market. You doing this is dirty. <laughs> but um, on the topic of that Clippers game, though, like, I feel like it was good to get this win, get this feel-good moment. Because mm-hmm. you talk about the Monstars from Looney Tunes, like the scary motherfuckers. The way PG and Kawhi are playing right now. For real. Some scary motherfuckers, bro. Like, I don't know what PG did. Like, he's not playoff P, obviously. He's regular season P, obviously. He probably was just like... I feel like he just decided this offseason, you know what? Me and Kawhi aren't partners. Kawhi's my dad. That's why I'm going to get cornrows <laughs> just like him. <laughs> I want to be just like my dad. So maybe that's what PG did. I don't know. But but because like I, like this season, he's balling out, bro. They killing it. And I don't know, man. Ty Lue got that team looking dangerous again. I don't know what their record is exactly, but. they. Uh, I'm looking up right now. They're 15-5, and five, and from the last 10, <laughs> they're 9-1. and one. They only lost what? one game in the last 10. It, fun fact, another, another fun yeah, fact, the Jazz have won 10 in a row. And That's exactly what I was just going to say. That's that was all I see on NBA lost. Twitter is just the Jazz. Like, all yeah. I see is just, like, Jazz getting props. I didn't realize, the tw- like, fucking the Clippers were on this streak as well. Like, what the fuck, bro? That's not cool. Why do why do we have to pay, play good teams? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Clippers, and then I don't know if the schedule is right on basketball reference, but we apparently got two straight games in Chicago. Like, it's not a home-and-home. Home. It's not like we're in New York and then we go to Chicago. It's where we literally have two games in the Chicago Bulls arena. I'm just uh, looking through the headlines, and I see one. Uh, Paul George is having the best three-point season in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit, man. You saw that Reggie Jackson play from a couple of nights ago? Yeah, not even a play. He called it. timeout, and he got super pissed at himself. Chris Webber. <laughs> he was probably pissed because he knew he was going to be unchecked and a fool. He's like, ah, oh, goddamn yeah. it, they nah. can't laugh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, back, back to the next. I mean, I guess good we got this win because I feel like we're going to be demoralized. But actually, you know what? Let me have some confidence. This team, I don't think this team gets demoralized. I think no matter the opponent, they play up to the level of competition. Like, if they're going in, we've seen it this season already. If we're going against a contender, we're going to raise our level of effort. Actually, the effort's always going to be there, but our execution is going to be crisper because we're going to try. It's going to play with urgency. So I think it'll be a feisty game, but then, you know, the, the team with the superstars are going to win out, you know? Yep. What do you think? Well, what, what are you you predicting a win? You know what I mean? Because no. you had me thinking we'd beat the Raptors. <laughs> Got me gassed up. I'll never forget. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> uh, no, no. If we uh, if we want to be realistic, you can't bet against the Clippers right now. They're one of the best teams in the NBA. They're they got the second best record in the in the West. Um, and you got PG and Kawhi Leonard. I'm pretty sure they're both playing tomorrow. So, no, I I think I I would say the Clippers are probably gonna win. I just hope the Knicks have a good game. That's it. Like you know, the Facts. Knicks could lose, and they've lost three in a row before. I, I wasn't. I I didn't feel you know. Uh, pessimistic about the team because there's always a bright spot in every game so far thankfully and um you know the i don't even know when the i don't even know when the trade deadline is but i was just looking at some point guards for the knicks to target outside of d rose and i think rubio is an interesting name that that showed up um he's not getting that many minutes in minnesota um 
And George Hill is another player who I think would be a solid pickup for for the Knicks if they're able to somehow tr- make a trade and just get Alfred Payne, if not off the team, at least off the rotation. Quick point on uh, George Hill, though. I, like, uh, like uh, falsely said he was still on the Pelicans. Uh, I forgot they, they shipped him off to Oklahoma okay, City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, that whole segment in that episode a week or two back just sounds ridiculous now. But regardless, like, yeah, I mean, that list, looking at it, I kind of think it's going to be Rose just because Tibbs loves that man. Like, he made it to Cedar Point. Like, at least, you know, since he's only really had two jobs after Chicago. But when he was in Minnesota, he brought back Taj. He brought in Jimmy. He brought brought in Derek. Right now he has Taj. I definitely think he's going to get Rose just because it, it's the, it, it seems too convenient. We have a need. They love each other. It's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like the rumor is there for a reason, so I'm just kind of get, getting the terms with it. Say say what you will about Derrick Rose, he's a little polarizing in certain in in our current day environment, for rightfully so. You know what I mean? But the player, he's gonna fit. You know, he's gonna uh, address a need. He's gonna give us more penetration. I looked at his numbers pause. though. He's not playing as good as he did. Pause. Yeah, he's not playing as good as he, good he did the last two years. But maybe he'll play better when he gets gets under his new coach or his new favorite coach. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, like, a bigger kind of, you know, tra- I don't know, there's no rumor really out there, but I did see uh, Bagley say that uh, the Knicks are monitoring the Zach Levine situation. Zach Levine happens to be a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. Um, we were linked to Oladipo in the past. Bradley Beal, a lot of treat. Uh, I don't know if there's concrete reports, but rumors are heating up that he might be fed up just because they look like god-awful, bro. Russ looks completely washed. I thought... It would be, you know, maybe a year more of him being at a maybe at an all star kind of level, but he's just falling off, bro. We were, we were really starting to talk ourselves into a potential Russell Westbrook trade and just being like, yeah, I guess if it's like, let's get Randall and Alfred off the team, let's bring Westbrook in. Yeah, he'll make oh RJ better. The culture oh will be God. better. We really started talking ourselves into oh Westbrook on the Knicks and taking on that contract for three more seasons. What the fuck? I'm that was legit. a fucking a bullet dodged. I would have a heart attack if we traded Randall for Westbrook right now. Like, yeah. the Knicks fans would revolt. Like, literally, but the two months prior, everybody was like, yeah, just throw him Randall. Let's get Westbrook. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this man fell off, and good God, yeah. Looking, you know, looking at it now, would you still have done the CP3 trade if Randall was off? Um, if, if we got rid of Randall? That's tough yeah. to say. Um, Let's say RJ still RJ right now. Let's say quickly, still quickly right now. I would do it just because it would ensure we wouldn't have Peyton on the roster. That's a positive. <laughs> That's a net positive. We, would, we wouldn't have this Randall season, but Chris Paul, you see what he's doing to Phoenix. He would have had us instantly good as well. Low-key, he might have us with a better record this season than we would have with right now. You know what I mean? I think so. Just because he's a Hall of Fame point guard. <laughs> I don't want that to be come off as a hot take. This man is Chris Paul, the point god. Yeah. What about you? Would you do it? Let's say it was Randall and, like, DSJ for CP3 back then. Yeah, I think I'd do it. I think, um, how many years is on his contract does he have left? Two? I think after this, it's a, it's a player option for one year after this season. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a point guard. I think quickly could could even be better than he is now with, with CP3 on the team. That would have been a great mentorship combination. Um, yeah, I think the team could be at least just as good as it is right now. Chill. With with Chris Paul or and without Chris Paul and Randall. my mind is blown imagining like quickly being mentored by Chris Paul. Quickly's yeah. already elite at drawing fouls and just like being savvy as a as a rookie. You put him with the point god that like made his career doing that shit. Oh my goodness gracious, bro! Like you saw the other day, um, quickly said he uh, he got Dame Lillard's number from Johnny Bryant. He hooked him up together and like now he's like seeing Dame as a mentor because he got That's some awesome. tips from him and shit. That's beautiful. But the point I want to make about that, Johnny Bryant's the one that hooked it up. Now we have Johnny Bryant on staff, the man who developed Donovan Mitchell, the man who developed Dame Lillard. Yep. This man has IQ in his hands right now, and we and I'm pretty sure because I see Bryant a lot, really in the in, in the images the Knicks post and just like in the games himself. Very involved. He does seem to, yeah, and he just de- definitely more so. I don't know, maybe it's just like. Um, some confirmation bias, but he seems to kind of cater more towards the, to the guards and the wings. Because mm. I see him with RJ a lot too. Yeah. And maybe RJ, and I definitely want to attest, like, obviously give due credit to RJ for how well he's playing, but coaching obviously has a role. I think Johnny Bryant's been very involved with RJ's development, and 
I'm just glad we got him, bro. I, he might like really his reputation might skyrocket too much soon. You know what I mean? So we, we might lose him, but I, hopefully we keep him for a good bit. You know. And he's only like 34 or 35 years old, which is insane. Man's a prodigy because like <laughs> coaches are like 56 years old, like when they first get their job. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Brazy, bro. That shit is crazy. Yeah. All right. Oh my god. Um, you ready to put a pin in this episode? Oh. Uh, Actually, I had a point to make about the, all the trading stuff. Um, just because uh, you brought up Chris Paul, that kind of yeah. So I was just gonna ask, like, out of all the names I just mentioned, I think we had this combo before, but like with new information, I definitely do think a shooting guard is what we need in the lineup right now mm. to complement our core. You know what I mean? Kind of commit big money to one. I might be willing to give Oladipo some cash this free this free agency this this summer, bro. And I might even be willing to kind of trade for him right now at the deadline, so we got the jump on extending them because you throw all the deep into that lineup with quickly rj randall and mitch that's a good team that's a playoff team in the east that's like a top five seed you know with room to grow you know all the deep would be by far the oldest one in the lineup would you do it or what do you think of that actually what, what, what was the trade offer oh what i don't would know be the offer that's a good question i mean i haven't thought that far i'm just like all the deep good player i want him <laughs> <laughs> um, that's as far as i went <laughs> he's he's a good shooter good defensively um, would I make a trade for him? Would I give up any picks? I'd probably max that out at like the Detroit second round pick. Um, I don't even, yeah, yeah, I think that would work because I don't even think we'll need to give a first because I think Houston, they know they're playing with found money because they could just let Oladipo go and they still have all the assets from the Harden trade. Right. I think it would just be a bonus for them to just trade him for whatever because he's an expiring contract. So if yeah. we throw, him, throw them, um, you know, two, the two second rounders we have this year, Frank, Bullock, um, I don't know. Uh, gently use Dennis Smith, you know. That <laughs> could work. <laughs> Let me see how he's uh, this season. He is doing well. I think he's scoring over twenty points per game. Um, right now he's uh, tw- oh, 20 flat points per game. Thirty six from the three, decent. Um, yeah. And four assists, five rebounds, and he's obviously he's good defensively. He's averaging almost two steals per game, and only twenty eight years old. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I, I, we can't. We can't go under the assumption that we're going to get a high level uh, free agent soon. Um, yeah. I think Old Depot's a pretty solid fit right now for the team. I just. I'm just wondering if um, there's going to be enough time for the ball to go through everyone's hands. Uh, you know, Randall needs the ball. RJ needs the ball. Quickly needs the ball. And if you bring Old Depot and he's going to need the ball, I think a spot up shooter, uh, an elite shooter, would be great. I think that's why Bullock fits so. Well, we're seeing that now that Alec Burks is on the team as a starter, that Bullock was pretty good as a starter. So mm-hmm. if there were an elite shooter who can spot up and is always cutting in and out, kind of like a you know like a third, like a like a half Clay Thompson kind of player, I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. But Zach Levine, I think, fits that well because he's become a very good shooter. He's a he's a flamethrower, bro. He's yeah. Like... So I would probably go for Levine over Oladipo, but he'd be more expensive. Yeah, exactly. That's the trade-off right there. And I just like, I mean, Ian Bagley, I think I mentioned earlier, he said we're still monitoring the situation. Um, and interesting enough, I saw a Chicago Bulls blogger say that uh, um, that their new GM actually said, like, he's stressing and emphasizing flexibility moving forward. You know what I mean? So, like, willing to commit big money to Zach Levine in 2022 does not scream flexibility. And um, I think it's one of those situations where they probably will – I mean, they're playing well right now. I think they're looking feisty this season, similar to how we are. So uh, it's interesting whether they would even trade them in that regard. Like, you know what I mean? But if they want to get, like, a first-round pick, I definitely would not give this year's Dallas pick. Cause... I would give our pick for Levine. Nah. I mean, I want to keep ours just in case we missed a lot. We, we missed the playing game and shit, too. Let's have two first-round picks in an elite draft. I don't know. This is, this, is Zach, this is Zach Levine, though. Yeah, but he's not Clay Thompson or prime Clay Thompson, you know, because he's still prior to this season, his reputation was iffy for good reason. God awful defensively, he didn't even try, you know. Um, he did have an ACL tear, um, and he was a good, not great shooter back then. This year, he's actually like literally at that tier of like, if not Steph, Dame, and Clay, he's like a tier below that in terms of how his shooting looks this season. Look at his numbers, bro. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean. That if if that's him moving forward, then I, I'd agree with you. It would be more expensive, but I doubt. Like I, I I could see his efficiency falling off a little bit, but still being better than it was. So I don't know. I mean, I want to give our pick. Definitely not our pick this year, because that's just foolish. I think honestly, 
I would give the 2023 da- Dallas pick. Um, Knox, but I doubt they'd throw him in the deal because he's Kentucky. I don't think they'd right. want anything else. There's, I mean, Zach Lane's a very good player. I don't think they'd want anything else outside of, like, hmm. a first-round pick from this season and maybe, like, I don't know. We got we got to match the contract too, right? Um, yeah. Would you do then, I, like the kind of player that he is? They might say like, "Give us Randall." Yeah, fuck that. We we want to get Levine in to compliment Randall. Exactly. That would be a beautiful compliment. That'd be a beautiful game, dude. IQ Levine RJ <sighs> Randall Mitch. Yeah. Thing is though, I, I kind of just lean back towards Oladipo. Yeah, the injury history is scary. Yeah, he's older, but it's gonna cost us less. Um, there's that connection he has to Scott Perry within the front office. I think that could give yeah. us a leg up. There were rumors last year that like Old Depot was trying to get to a bigger market, go to New York or whatever the fuck. There's a rumor he might go to Miami this summer. So I think it would be, if we target Old Depot, we give up less to get him in a trade right now to put us at advantage to sign him in the offseason so he doesn't just go to Miami. You know what I mean? Did Levine um, play with Tibbs or no in, in Minnesota? He did for a, a so. season. He, he, he did? did for a season, and then and that was his him. best season. That was when he not best season, but he that was like his turnaround he, season or like his breakout season, I think. Yeah, he was definitely looking better. And like, I think when we hired Tibbs, Levine, I, we had a there was a quote flown flown around from Levine about mm. how much he loved and respected yeah. Tibbs, how important he was to his development, how Tibbs put in a, put him in a position to succeed because he told him what to do, but just gave him the opportunity to handle the ball more, right. which developed in what he is now. So, yeah, I mean, there's that, but then also. To the point you made about like who, the kind of like the sharing of the ball if with Oladipo in that lineup, I think if his shooting is legit, like let's say what is it, thirty six percent for three, yeah, shooting is the great equalizer. You know what I mean? It's little, it makes everything better. Because even if like they're not dominating the ball, that you still got to respect their uh, spacing. You know what I mean? So in fact, that'll be beneficial because that's what we've been wanting. You know, with Randall and RJ, you just want shooters around them. We know Rimmel, we know Mitch will put. Uh, pressure on the rim but when you have iq and i just discussed how like the def- defenders respect him even past the three-point line you know what i mean way feet all these feet back and then we got oladipo who let's say randall and rj are our primary oladipo attacking a closeout you know what i mean he may not be the, the elite athlete he was but he's still pretty athletic that's mm. that's scary you know what i mean for a defense you know that's like closing out on him he could break a defense down he's a good playmaker he's um uh, a willing defender, and I think he's the type of defender that could flourish under Thibodeau, you know? I feel like I, overnight I turn into an Oladipo stand, but I'm just like, situationally, because I, I don't think we're getting a big free agent. Kawhi is a pipe dream. Anybody beyond that is a pipe dream, you know what I mean? Right. So we just got to work within our confines and build with our youth, you know? We'll, we'll see, because Oladipo, John Wall, and the Rockets team just won four in a row, their 10th seed, and they have all <laughs> they have the whole lot that they got from the James Harden trade they might be wanting to keep him and be at least competitive in a Houston on a Houston team a team that's been competitive for basically every decade in the last three at least when you know you go back to the 90s and then 2000s with T-Mac and Yao Ming and then they just transfer that over to to Lynn and and Harden and then Harden CB3 they've always been a competitive team I think that's kind of the way the owners wanted them to be so I don't know if they'd be willing to uh you know, trade Oladipo if they're playing as well as they are right now with him and Wall. That's a good team. point. That's a good point. And uh, I'm gonna wait for that ambulance to pass or whatever the hell that was. But um, you still hear it? No, nah, it's gone. Now I hear it. What the, what the fuck is going on in your hood, bro? What's going on Woodside? Since I left, what's going on, bro? <laughs> it's a fire truck. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope everybody's all right then. Shit. Um, no, yeah. I mean, I live. I live near a firehouse. You know that. You've heard it a couple of times. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, anywho, the fuck were we talking about? I was so distracted. Oladipo. Oh, o- Oladipo, um. Rockets. Think about the Rockets wanting to keep them, though. We got to remember, it's a good point you made. Like, they probably do want to stay competitive because that's what their track record is. But got to remember who their owner is, Mr. Cheapskate. Like, there was a mission since, like, since they realized they weren't contenders and since, like, what happened this offseason. They, I saw Rockets reporters making note, the Tillman Fertitta successfully accomplished his goal of, like, getting under the luxury tax. You know what I mean? I don't think he, I don't think he wants to get like get away from that anytime soon. You know, mm. so I think the prospect of him like you know because there's still Wall's contract on the books that's still pretty fat and he's having a resurrection this season, but the injury history is still there. It's still a risk. And then Oladipo, the injury history is still there, and it's still a risk. I doubt 
Mr. Cheapskate wants to commit big money to both those two guards, you know what I mean, and go over the luxury tax. So I think sure. that gives us a shot, you know. That would be a good trade, I think. Could yeah, that'd yeah. be a pretty good fit? Definitely improved team. That would definitely be a playoff team for sure. Let me yeah. give you a hypothetical though. Beal is above all these guys, obviously. You know what I mean? Would you do Randall, both Dallas picks, Frank, and and the uh, the seconds this year for Beal? I don't think that'd be enough, but would you do it? Let me see Bill stats real quick again. I think he's leading the league in scoring now. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, monster. He is just for you know our own record here. Holy shit! Um, his he's averaging close to 35 points per game. Good guy. At 34 percent from the three, 44 47 percent from the field goal, five rebounds, about five assists, 1.4 steals. Good God. How are the rock? How are the wizards this bad? So it's, it's Westbrook. seeing Russ shoot. Yeah, <laughs> it's that that he just ruins the mood of the team, ruins chemistry. Also, I mean, you know, they had the COVID problem. Their whole team was like That's true. wrecked by it, you know. But um, yeah, Beal is. I don't know. I, I think we're definitely nowhere near the Beal sweepstakes. But I don't know if you saw this article on the Ringer. That shit gave me like a panic attack in a good way, cause like. Jonathan, Jonathan Tarks, Charks, or whatever the fuck his name is, wrote an article saying the Warriors need to do whatever it takes to get Beal. That includes giving up Wiseman. And I'm just like, Curry, Beal, Healthy Clay, and Draymond, they're right back in that title conversation, bro. That shit is crazy, you know? Yeah. I definitely would like to see that as a fan, you know, entertainment-wise. I'm, I'm thinking about the hypothetical that you, you threw out there. You said Randall, you said both Dallas picks, you said this year's second-round picks. And Frank, right? Was there anyone else? Um, I feel like we need to throw in a third player. Let's say Bullock. I keep throwing him in deals. Why not? <laughs> I think I'd do Iggy. it. I think I'd and do Iggy. it because we we have we have our we get to keep our three cornerstone players and Mitch, RJ, and IQ, and we bring in Beal. Beal's a better player than Randall at the end of the day, and you know, no, obviously Randall is having a resurgency season, but a lot, you know, just. Three months ago, we were ready to give him up for scraps, um, or exactly. even like some people were like, "Yo, wave this guy," which is ridiculous. <laughs> looking at, looking at it now, but if we could turn that into arguably the best scorer right now in the NBA at at, at the way he's playing at, shit. I think I think people are gonna make comparison to the Mellow trade, and they'll be like, "Oh, you kept stat, but you gave up the whole lot and of young players and stuff like that." And so it's a little different in that sense because Mellow was one that was the best scorer at the time, and yeah. you know. With Beal, we'll give up Randall, but if we get to keep our three guys, then yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, that's the key difference because we did give up our youth for Melo. We didn't really – we kept yeah. Landry Fields, and I remember at the time we were hyped because he was a pleasant surprise that season. Yep. You talk about like a, a Knicks pick coming out the blue and raising pack, exp, pack expectations. Rookie. You know what I mean? Fields was like numero uno. You know what I mean? He was like the poster boy for a little bit because everybody collectively when we drafted him, we're like, Landry Fields, the fuck? You know what I mean? What the – who the hell? <laughs> um, and if we were more hyped, at least back then, I was more hyped that we got Andy Routens, like the new J.J. Reddick from Syracuse. Mm -hmm. That man, I don't know whatever happened to him. But, uh, yeah, Fields was good for a minute. But, yeah, to your point, just, um, I mean, I doubt w the Wizards would take that deal. I just kind of just conjured up, you know. Maybe they want Iggy in the deal, too, you know, because I think four for one and, like, mad picks is, like, the going rate for superstar trades now. But, I definitely do think, realistically, we'd have to throw RJ in a deal for a Beal, you know? Would you do that? I definitely would not, but I want to hear not. your take. Yeah, yeah. I would not, but I'm not going to – I'm going to admit it's not a quick no either because mm, we still get to keep IQ and Mitch. RJ Barrett is RJ Barrett. He's definitely going to be a star in the league, but Bradley Beal is still a young star in the NBA right now. He is 20 – oh, actually, he's not that young. He's going to be 28. In a couple of months, so I love RJ. I, I love no, him too yeah, much. no. I would, I would, it. I would keep RJ because uh, I don't think Beal would fit with the timeline that the Knicks have right now. Right now, the core fits together. They're all about the same age, and a couple of seasons, we're hoping that they grow together and uh, become a playoff team. But then again, Randall, IQ, Beal, Mitch. That's a uh, that's fun. 
you know, maybe. <laughs> oh, I thought you said up, you know? I thought you said throw Randall and RJ for Beal. I thought that was the rumor that you the trade. Oh no, I, I, I was thinking like maybe they would even want Randall because why would they want like oh. a player that would need to get paid? You know what I mean? So I think they would just want young players, picks, and um, yeah, young players and picks for a star is like the going rate for uh, these stars now. Man, that would break my heart if we gave up RJ Barry, kept everyone else, and brought in Bradley Beal. It wouldn't break my. I mean, it would break my heart. It'd suck to see because I we all yeah, love RJ. It's like RJ Knox. Frank, the Dallas picks, the two seconds this year for Beal. That's tough. That's tough, right? It's really tough. We seem like homers because, you know, at the end of the day, it's Bradley Beal. But the way RJ's playing, man, 20 years old, come on. <laughs> if Our this were highest t- pick since Ewing, come on. If this were 2K, I'd do it. Let's just put it that way. But because emotion, <laughs> with Im- no real life because, because emotion and real life is involved, I wouldn't do it. But if it were 2K, I would do it. I feel you. Yeah. Definitely would do it in fantasy basketball, too, to be yeah. quite clear. But um, I don't know, bro. RJ's 20 years old, and like I just said, our highest pick since Ewing, number three pick. I think there's something to a franchise's reputation where, like, if a young player starts flourishing like that and um, and you haven't had that kind of success in a minute, it's good for the reputation to let that young player flourish and make him a keeper, you know? The Lakers sure. got away with, like, trading all their young players because they were the Lakers, their brand is always going to be the Lakers. And, oh, yeah, they had LeBron James on their team. You know what I mean? It's different for us. You know, we don't, you know, trading away young players to, like, get Julius Randle some help is a lot different than trading <laughs> away young players to get LeBron James some help. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's got to be considered. I think at the end of the day, I'm going to keep RJ. But, yeah, I mean, otherwise, if you got anything else to talk about, I think we could uh, put a bow on it. You know what I mean? Yep. Good ass right. up, bro. Yeah. Um. For those of you guys listening, we appreciate you guys making it to the end of this episode. Please make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nick's Show. Um, please subscribe on all podcasting platforms, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all that. And uh, make sure you check us out on Sportscaster. Our link is on our Instagram bio every Thursday at 8 p.m. where we bring in a new guest to talk Knicks and NBA. If you're interested, please shoot us a DM and let us know you're interested in trying to join the show. Uh, we'll add you to the list and you could be a future guest on our show. Um, until next time, um, take care, everyone. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, you're, you stay. You continue to stay safe. Peace. Peace.